Welcome to Texas True Crime. I'm your host, Jessica. I am so sorry that I did not get an episode out to you all last week and kind of left you hanging. I felt like crud all weekend. But we're back on track, and I'm glad you're here listening with me today. And remember, if you like what you're hearing, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast because this helps others find the podcast and tell your friends too. Tell them to listen. Word of mouth goes a long way. Over the week, even though we didn't have a new episode, the podcast hit 5,000 downloads and I cannot thank all of you enough. So let's get to our new episode. Clara Harris was a wealthy dentist who was married to a very successful orthodontist named David Harris. And everyone who knew the couple and even their employees that worked for both of them said that they were a loving, devoted couple until a woman named Gail Bridges came to work for David at his orthodontics office. So today we're going to talk about how the Harris's failed marriage happened and how Clara snapped and ran him over in a Hilton hotel parking lot. So first let's talk about Clara. Clara was born in Bogota, Colombia, and uh, when she was six, her father died unexpectedly. Now her mother was a seamstress and she sewed and designed clothes for the wealthy people of Bogota and provided a very nice life for Clara, uh, but she had to work really hard. It was Clara's father's dream for her to one day move to the United States. Now, Clara was very smart and school came easily to her. And so she did. She made very good grades. She went to college in Columbia and was able to earn her degree to become a dentist in Columbia. Then once she got her licensing in Columbia, she did move to the United States and got her licensing to practice dentistry in the U.S. Clara also made sure to learn to speak English very fluently so that she could communicate with her American clients. And this was something that um, was very important to Clara. She wanted to make sure that when she was speaking, that she was understood, her clients understood her, and that she was speaking English correctly. It was something she worked very hard on and was very proud of that she was able to do. Now, besides being very smart, Clara was also beautiful. She was a beauty queen. And um, everyone who came into contact with her really liked her. They said she was warm, she was caring, she was engaging, and her employees her friends, people at her church, and um, David's family. They loved her. They said there wasn't anything about her you couldn't like. So in 1991, Clara began working at Castle Dental in Houston, Texas. David Harris also worked at Castle Dental, and for David, it was love at first sight. The couple had a whirlwind romance, and they were married on February 14, 1992, about a year, a little less than a year after they started dating. Now, David had a young daughter named Lindsay from a previous marriage, 
And she and Clara clicked and Clara loved Lindsay like her own daughter. They were very close. And like I said, David's parents loved Clara. They were very close. They spent most weekends with David's family. And to everyone, they appeared to be the perfect family. And as far as Clara was concerned, she was living the American dream. In 1993, Clara opened her own dental practice. And then later that year, David opened Space Center Orthodontics. And both of them were very successful. Now, David and Clara didn't live in Houston proper. They lived outside of Houston in a small community called Friendswood. And their dental offices were in, one was in Clear, they were in Clear Lake, which was another little community right outside of Houston proper. Uh, They bought a mansion in Friendswood, Texas. Actually, that's how successful they were doing. They lived in a mansion where they loved to host parties for their friends and events for their church, and they loved to host their office staff there too. In 1998, the couple had twin boys after a long struggle with infertility for Clara. And so she really, once the boys were born, she really focused on them. But that's understandable. A lot of new mothers become very consumed with taking care of their new babies. And then on top of it, here you have twins. And it was hard for her to conceive. So it makes sense that she was very focused on them. But it seemed like their lives were perfect. Everything was falling into place. Clara told David that the one thing, though, that she wanted was a Mercedes. To her, that was the pinnacle of success if you could go and pick out a Mercedes. And eventually, Clara did. She bought one for herself, a silver S-Class. And so in her mind, she had made it. Now, the office staff that worked for Clara and David Harris both said that it was obvious the two were in love. They were devoted to one another and were truly partners. If Clara called David's orthodontics office, he would stop what he was doing and go immediately to the phone to speak with her. And the same was said of Clara. On the days when David was at Clara's office, because see, they shared their office time. It was really great because Clara was a dentist and David was an orthodontist. David would go in certain days during the week and do orthodontic work at Clara's office for her clients. So on the days when David was at Clara's office, the staff said he doted on her and would always tell people how proud he was of his wife. Both offices loved Clara and David. In fact, they didn't even call them Dr. Harris. They called them Dr. Clara and Dr. David. That's how open and relaxed it was. They uh, Office staff said that it really felt more like being part of a family than being at work. So eventually, because they were so successful, the couple bought a larger building And we're planning to combine the two separate offices into one. So it was basically like a one-stop shop for all your dental needs, orthodontics and dentistry right there in one building. They were even leaving space for Lindsay, who was now 16, and she had decided that she also wanted to pursue dentistry as a career for herself. Now, in 2001, David's office hired a new receptionist. Her name was Gail Bridges. 
She was a petite, attractive woman in her 30s with short, dark hair and uh, was recently divorced. And she came with a lot of her own personal drama. You see, Gail herself had been married to a very prominent insurance agent. And he was very successful. And they were living the good life themselves. They were prominent members in the Methodist church. And Clara and David were very prominent members at the Baptist church. Now, same thing, just like David and Clara, Gail and her husband loved to throw parties for their church and families at their house, and they were very well respected in their circle of friends also. But rumors began to swirl about Gail and her best friend, Julie Knight. Both Julie's husband and Gail's husband believed that they were having an affair with each other. And then mutual friends started reporting to the husbands that they had seen Gail and Julie kissing in the grocery store parking lot. And supposedly Julie's husband caught them kissing, caught them kissing and doing more than that. Now the women always denied this claim. They said they were just best friends and that was it. But the husbands did not believe them. And so they both filed for divorce. But even after both divorces were final, Gail and Julie remained very close and did everything together. They spent all their time together. They, their kids were good friends. And they even took vacations and things together. And I don't know. But it remained, the rumors swirled throughout the divorce. And then even while Gail was starting to see David. Now, the office staff did not like Gail immediately. They said it was obvious that she was trying very hard to catch David Harris's eye. And everyone assumed that she was looking for a new man to fill her ex-husband's space. And so she could get back to living the good life. Because now, as a dental receptionist in office, she made $1,800 a month, which is not much. And especially when you were used to driving a Lincoln Navigator and not even having to work and do what you wanted. They said that she would drop files and bend over in front of him, purposely showing off her rear and openly flirted with him, even though it was completely unprofessional. Now, of course, it didn't take long for 44-year-old David to start paying attention to Gail. And before long, in early 2002, they were having a full-on affair and really not doing anything to hide it in the office. Now, I do think the more I read, I think David was kind of having himself a midlife crisis. And it sounds like he was pretty full of himself. And his wife was paying attention to their young sons and not giving him the attention he thought he needed. So instead of sticking things out in his 10-year marriage, he just went somewhere when someone started showing him attention. Plus, Gail was a little younger. David was 44. Clara was 45. And here's this little young, young in her 30s paying attention to David. And he just felt hook, line, and sinker. Now, the office staff was unhappy about all of it. They were mad at David for doing this to Clara. And then eventually, 
even David's 16-year-old daughter, Lindsay, caught on to what was happening. And she was furious with her father also. Remember, Clara and Lindsay were close. It was not, you know, a stepmother-stepdaughter relationship where they didn't like each other. Clara had been a part of Lindsay's life since she was young. They got along well. And Lindsay even called Clara mom, even though Lindsay also lived with her mother. She had a very strong relationship with her mother. She lived part-time with David and Clara, and they had become so close that Lindsay called her mom. So everyone was real mad at David because he was screwing up everybody's great situation. Now, the problem was, is that no one said anything to Clara. And she was oblivious to what was going on. And, you know, some people say you should tell the person right away. Others say, no, let it run its course. But I think this probably, in the long run, fueled the fire and didn't help the situation. Now, I told you, I thought David was going through a midlife crisis. And it sounds like he was pretty vain. He worked out incessantly. He was like every day without fail, worked out, got himself a custom toupee to cover up his bald spot that he was hiding. And he liked to let Clara know when other women flirted with him. You know, he was well known in their community. People knew he was successful and made a lot of money. So when he would dine at restaurants, a lot of times waitresses would write their phone numbers down on napkins and give it to him. And he liked to brag about this to Clara and kind of put it out there for him. But poor Clara, she thought David was just as much in love with her as he always was. And she was still completely smitten with him. So she didn't think there was anything wrong. Or like I said, she was oblivious to the fact that he was having a full-on affair with the receptionist. Now, and, and I don't want anyone to think that I'm victim-blaming or shaming David. I'm just saying that I think he was swayed by a pretty face and someone who stroked his ego. Now, the affair started affecting his personal relationships and his professional relationships. He was less attentive to his patients. He quit going to take Claire's phone calls. He would put her on hold or say, tell her I'll call her back. He didn't even, he, he like kind of quit trying to hide it all together. And uh, he, had before, always said to... Never interrupt him when he was a pa- when he was with a patient. He thought that was unprofessional. He did not want to be interrupted. But now it was okay for Gail to come in and interrupt him with patients, and that had never been allowed before. He also quit paying attention to the twins, the young boys. They were four now, and didn't play with them. But when he was at home, he was very short with Clara, very short with Lindsay, very short with the boys, and scolded them often. And that was very different from his normal behavior. So on the morning of July 16, 2002, Clara Harris's assistant had had enough. She was mad at Dr. David. She knew it was wrong. And she decided that she needed to tell Clara what was happening. Because she told her, she said, I need to talk to you. It's serious. So... Clara's assistant, Diana, told her, she said, you need to protect your marriage. 
Now, Diana was older. She was in her 50s, and Clara really trusted her. You know, Clara's mother's in Bogota. She doesn't have, and she's very close to David's mother, but she doesn't have a mother figure of her own. And so Diana kind of filled that space for her. And so when Diana talked to her, Clara listened. She told her, you need to protect your marriage. She said, men go through the change of life. And Clara didn't really quite understand what Diana was trying to tell her at first. So Diana said, you need to pay attention to David more. He is straying. He's having an affair. Clara was devastated. Rightfully so. She thought everything was fine. She thought they were building this dental empire together. Here they were, she thought, living the American dream, and David's stepping out on her behind her back. But instead of being mad because she was hurt and humiliated, she told Diana she wanted to go with her. She was going to the hair salon. She was going to get her hair cut and colored. And she was on a mission to save her marriage and get David to pay attention to her again. She was going to turn the tide. So Diana and Clara left and they didn't get home until 10 o'clock that night. Lindsay and her father were home alone that night. And so when Clara got home, she went straight up the stairs and didn't say a word to anybody. And so David got up and he followed her. And Lindsay didn't think anything about it. And Clara knew that she had been absorbed with the twins since they had been born and that she had kind of let herself go. She hadn't worked very hard to lose the baby weight and she hadn't really been taking care of herself. But she thought that she and David were best friends and she thought they were a team. And now she realized that things had changed and she had to do something about it. So, uh, she and David had a big talk. She also noticed that before David really didn't care that she spent money on the boys or herself, but he'd gotten real short with her about money. Now on the side, David was taking Gail out for fancy dinners and they were shacking up at the Hilton Hotel where, now I feel like this just pours salt in the wound. Not with, They weren't just going to any random Hilton Hotel. They were going to the Hilton Hotel where 10 years ago, David and Clara had had their big fairy tale romantic wedding where everyone thought it was the best thing ever. So he was taking her back to where he got married. It wasn't even to a random one. So that really just kind of poured salt in the wound for Clara. And, you know, he was, so he's paying cash for hotels and taking her to fancy restaurants, but yet he's mad at Clara for buying toys for the boys and stuff. It was, I mean, that whole typical what's good for me is not good for you thing, you know, but he blamed it on the fact that they were building a new office and that they needed to save their money for that. Anyway, uh, Clara sat down with David and they had a big talk and she told him, she said, I know, I know you're having an affair. Do you love her? And David just stared at her. He didn't say no. And Clara was devastated because she now knew that 
it was real. There was no denying it. So the next day, Clara called her mother-in-law, Millie Harris. She told her that David was attracted to another woman and that he was having an affair. But Millie Harris reassured her daughter-in-law that David loved her very much and she knew that everything was going to be okay between them. After talking to Millie, Clara felt better. She was reassured and she also had convinced herself that things were going to be okay. But the next weekend, David told Clara that he wanted to go to the couple's lake house all by himself. And this was the first time he had ever wanted to go alone. So Clara just asked him. You know, she'd already asked him if he loved Gail and he couldn't give her a straight answer. So she asked him if he still loved her. And again, he just looked at her. He couldn't give her a straight answer either. So Clara knew something was wrong. So the next morning, Clara told him, she said, you know what? I'm heartbroken. I can't believe that you're having an affair with Gail. I can't believe you would do this. But she said, you know what? I'm going to help you out. I'm going to hire an attorney and we're going to take care of this. But David begged her, please don't hire an attorney. He said that he didn't want to get a divorce and he'd do anything to stay married. But see, David wasn't honest with Clara and he also hadn't been honest with Gail either. David told Clara that he'd only gone to lunch with Gail. There'd been no intimacy at all, that he hadn't even kissed her. And so when he, when she found out that it was a full-blown affair and that Gail and David were saying they loved each other, she was beside herself and rightfully so. Also, uh, David had been telling Gail that they had an open relationship, that he and Clara, they hadn't been intimate in years and that it was just a marriage of business now and that Clara knew all about the affair and she was completely fine with it. So David was selling a line to both these women. I mean, he was being pretty smarmy and really only thinking of David. Uh, so uh, since Clara wanted to hire an attorney and just get it done, but David was like, no, 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 I don't want to have an affair. Clara said, fine. All right. But then we're going to have to have some changes. She said, we are going to go to marriage counseling and we are going to tell your parents and we're going to go tell our preacher and we're going to work on this openly. There will be no more secrets. So David said, okay, that's what we're going to do. And so they set up a meeting with their preacher and with David's parents and they went and they talked to him. Now, David's parents, after he fully admitted it to him, they were disappointed in him. They were shocked. 
And David's father did not take it lightly. He was not okay with that. And he told him in no uncertain terms that he needed to get himself straight and he needed to save his marriage. So that's the thing. Like, it's not like Clara was this woman that everyone hated and thought David could do better. She was a good person. Uh, but Clara was humiliated. And this was just building. You know, now she knows everyone, including her 16-year-old stepdaughter, had watched this go on all behind her back. And no one had let her know. So Clara said, first things first, before we even get to any marriage counseling, before we even do anything else, Gail's out. So they got in the car that next morning, drove to the office, walked in the door, and David just stood there. And Clara told Gail, we need to talk. They walked into Clara's office and closed the door. And she told her, you're fired. I know what's been going on between you and David, and you're fired. She took Gail's office keys and escorted her out the back. But Clara was no dummy. Remember, this is a smart woman. And so she knew that she was going to have to really watch David to get things back on track. So um, she told Lindsay, she said, I need you to go to Barnes & Noble. And she sent her with a list of self-help books to buy for struggling marriages. So Lindsay went and picked those books up for her. Then they, she planned a physical transformation. Y'all, this woman really was, I feel, okay, I know it's not going to end well. And I know that she murdered her husband, but I feel sorry for her in a way. And don't come at me because, yes, she murdered her husband. But she joined a gym, made an appointment, like, the very next day. Joined a gym, made an appointment with a plastic surgeon to have her boobs done and have liposuction. Bought herself all these new sexy clothes because she was determined to hold on to David. Now, I'll be honest with you. If my husband was cheating on me... I think I'd just be like, sayonara, dude. I'm not doing anything to help you out to make you like me better. This is on you, you know? It's not like Clara was like slumming it around and doing nothing. The woman's running a dental empire. They have kids. She's entertaining family, friends, doing all the things that David had wanted at first, you know? So I'm sorry, but. She's a better woman than me because I would not have been turning myself inside out for my husband. So I feel sorry for her that she thought that was what she had to do. And then that night, Clara made a date with her husband. They went out and talked. And David told Clara all the reasons why he decided to have an affair. Now, Clara, being the very matter-of-fact person she was, took notes on everything that David told her so she would remember everything. And she made two lists. One list she titled Gail, and the other list she titled Clara. So, as David talked, she made her list. Under the Clara side, she wrote pretty. 
Under the Gale side, she wrote pretty. On Clara's side, she wrote smart. And on Gail's side, she wrote reasonably smart. Now remember, this is all coming from David. She's taking these notes based on what David's telling her as he sits there and talks to her. Clara was educated. Gail was reasonably educated. And, and the whole time she's doing this, Clara can't believe that she's sitting there in this bar with her husband making a comparison list between her and his mistress. But now David's comparisons at first where they were really leaning towards Clara now became more negative toward Clara. He said that Clara was a poor communicator. Now, remember, I told you Clara had worked very hard to learn the English language and to speak it fluently so that she did communicate well with others. So she was shocked that her communication was not as good as she thought it was. And she thought that her communication was very simple and practical. But David said that she was negative and that she was poor at letting him do the things that he wanted to do. He said that Gil always agreed with all of his ideas. Again, Clara was shocked. David had a Corvette. He had three pianos. He had a guitar. He had a set of drums. And he had a lake house. She really wasn't sure what it was that she had disagreed with David doing. Then he went on to say that Clara interrupted him when he was talking, but Gail always let him finish all of his thoughts. He said that Clara questioned him, but Gail always thought all of his ideas were completely correct. I mean, this is a man who just is letting someone stroke his ego, and he's forgotten what real life is in a real relationship. He also complained that Clara always organized all the family vacations. But Clara didn't know that he wanted to be involved in organizing family vacations. He had never said anything to her before. He'd always let her do it. He also said that Clara could be loud, while Gail had a soft, breathy voice that reminded him of the way Marilyn Monroe used to talk. Clara just thought that she was assertive. Remember, Clara's a businesswoman and very driven to succeed. And then he started in on Clara's physical attributes. Now, also, Clara's already made herself a hair appointment made herself a blonde, and made an appointment to have her boobs done and get liposuction. So she's already feeling insecure about her looks, and here goes David. He said Gail had large breasts, so Clara made a note that she was going to fix hers. He said Gail had no fat on her body, but that Clara needed to lose weight. He did, however, tell her that even though both Clara and Gail had nice hair, Clara's eyes were prettier. But then the next comment knocked Clara back down again. He told her that she was a large person, that she was too big, and that he and Gail fit better together and he could hold her while they slept. As Clara sat there and listened to this, she thought about their 10-year marriage. David had never held her while they slept. It was like being punched in the gut. Now, he did then come back around and tell Clara that she had good values and she was not fanatic about things. He said Gail wasn't a fanatic either, but she did not have the work ethic that Clara had. But he said that Clara had become a workaholic and was not spending enough time at home with him. Clara did not know that David was upset. He had never said anything to her, 
And she thought that she was helping him to build the dream that they'd been working on to build their dental office and open this new one together. She had no idea David was unhappy. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think David was unhappy until someone started giving him some attention, to be quite honest with you. But because he told her all these things and he told her that she wasn't paying enough attention to him, she made a decision right then and there. She told him she was officially retiring. She was going to devote herself to her family. She was not going back to work. She was going to make sure she was the husband. I'm sorry. She was the wife that David always wanted her to be. I mean, this woman's turning herself inside out for him. So that weekend, they went on a big family trip to Galveston together. And it seemed to Clara like everyone was having a good time. Now, while they were at the beach, he told Clara, you know, I'm going to have to break things off with Gail. And that he wanted to do it in person because that was the right thing. Now, Clara was no dumb bunny and she wasn't fond of this idea, but she compromised. And so that was fine that David could do it in person, but she wanted him to do it at a restaurant and she wanted to go with him, but she would sit in the car so that he could tell Gail in private. So David made plans to meet Gail the following Wednesday at Perry's Steakhouse. Now, Clara sat next to David while he called Gail and made these plans with her. Now, remember I told you rumors have been flying about Gail and her friend Julie Knight. Well, Clara had heard these rumors too. So she really believed that just like everyone else in the office, she believed that Gail was after David for his money and she wanted someone new to take care of her. So also being that Clara was shrewd, she decided that she was going to hire Blue Moon Investigation Agency to follow Gail. She wanted them to eavesdrop on her and get pictures and video because she wanted evidence that Gail really was in a relationship with Julie. And she was hoping she could hear Gail admit that she just wanted David's money. And then that would give her extra ammunition to get David to pick her over Gail. So Clara signed a contract with Blue Moon Investigations, provided all the information that they asked for, and wrote a check on that very day that they came back from Galveston. Now they told her that their policy was that they would do the surveillance and then give an update the following day after they followed Gail. And that was their policy. They didn't like to give updates during the surveillance. They liked to wait till the next day. Now, the day of, uh, sorry, of Gail and David's meeting was set for July 24th, 2002. And Clara was extremely nervous. She decided she wasn't going to go with him and instead she stayed home with Lindsay. But Clara couldn't stand it. She was antsy. She couldn't be still. And she was worried. She knew that David was really into Gail. And she wasn't dumb. She knew she wasn't out of the woods yet. So she and Lindsay got in the car and they drove to town. Uh, she called Blue Moon Investigation Agency and said she wanted an update right then and there. Well, she couldn't get through it first. She had to leave several messages. So, Clara called her office manager and got Gail's home address from her. They drove to Gail's house looking 
for David and Gail, but they weren't there, which that gave Clara a little bit of relief. So she thought, okay, they really are at Perry's Steakhouse, so they went there first. But guess what? Neither of them were at the restaurant. So they drove to uh, several other restaurants in town looking for the couple. They were nowhere to be found. Now, Lindsay told people later that by this point, Clara was crying. She was very upset. And she was convinced that, you know, they, he was back shacking up with her somewhere. Uh, the detectives called Clara back. And even though they had told her that they weren't going to give her any updates until the next day, Clara was adamant. She said, I am paying you and I want to know where is my husband? You're supposed to be following him and Gail tonight. Where are they? So he told her. He told her that they were at the Hilton Hotel and they were either on the fourth or the sixth floor. Clara was heartbroken. And she now knew that David had no intentions of breaking things off with Gail. So here she is. She's furious. She's hurt. She's humiliated. So she and Lindsay head over to the Hilton Hotel. They parked in the parking lot and they went into the lobby. Clara asked the desk clerk if David Harris had checked in, but the clerk said that there was no one there by that name. So she then asked if anyone had checked in under the name of Gail Bridges. And he said, no, there was no one listed under Gail Bridges either. So they figured that David must have used a, a false name. So what they did was they called David on his cell phone and said that one of the twins was sick and that he needed to come home right away. And this made sense because one of the boys did suffer from pretty severe asthma and he could have bad attacks. So David said he would come home. So Clary, Clara and Lindsay, they waited in the lobby in front of the elevators to basically surprise David and Gail. Well, as soon as David and Gail stepped out of the elevator, Clara exploded. She began hitting Gail, punching her in the face. She tore Gail's shirt off of her body, knocked her onto the floor and climbed on top of her, grabbed her by the hair, slammed her head into the floor. The whole time Gail's trying to get away, Clara was crazy. She even bit her on the leg at one point. And she was screaming, screaming, you bitch, he's my husband. I mean, she was wild. But here's the thing. David just stood there. He didn't do anything to try to help Gail, who supposedly he loves so much, by getting Clara off of her. He did nothing. He just stood there. Let Clara beat her up. So hotel security, of course, came out. It took two grown men to pull Clara off of Gail Bridges. That's how crazed she was at this point. Now, Lindsay also is mad, hurt, can't believe her father would do this. She's screaming at her father, I hate you. But David's just standing there. So, desk clerk came around and he escorted Gail out to her car. Now, when they got to the car, Gail realized that her car had been vandalized. And it had. Before they'd even made it into the hotel, Clara had keyed that car and bashed in all of the lights on her car. Headlights and taillights. So, as 
Gail and the desk clerk are going out. Security is escorting Clara and Lindsay out. And David's now, he's following them. And he's screaming at Clara. It's over. It's over. So Clara and Lindsay get out the door. They go over to, to Clara's car. But this time Clara gets in the driver's seat. She started the car and she looked at Lindsay and she said, for all the things that he's done to me, I could kill him and get away with it right now. And Lindsay was scared. So at this point, she says this, Clara gets in the car, floors it out of the parking lot, roars around the parking lot, and clips Gail Bridges' car on the way by. But Clara wasn't done. After she clipped Gail's car as she roared by, she never hit the brakes. She headed straight towards David Harris in her silver Mercedes and mowed him over. She hit him and his body flew up into the air and he was thrown 25 feet across the parking lot. And then Clara wasn't done. She whipped that car around and she ran over him not one more time, but two more times. She ran over David Harris three times. The investigator that she had hired to follow Gail caught all of it on videotape and people in the parking lot could hear Lindsay's screams from inside the car as she begged Clara to stop. And then finally, like she was in a trance, Clara did. She stopped the car, turned it off, got out and walked over to where David lay in the parking lot. She gathered his body in his arms and she cried, oh, David, look what you've made me do. And she was still crying when the hotel staff pulled her away from her husband's body. EMS was called, but the damage was too severe. David Harris died a few hours later at the hospital. And there was no way to save him. It, basically, at the hospital, they said all of his internal organs had been completely smashed, basically. But when a 2,000-pound vehicle runs over you three times, there's not much left. At Clara Harris's trial, her attorney claimed that it was a crime of passion and that Clara had not intended to kill her husband at all, that she was hurt and enraged and she just reacted. But, uh, you know, the prosecutor claimed that Clara Harris knew exactly what she was doing. But the jury went for it. They agreed that it was a crime of passion. It was unintended. And they sentenced Clara to 20 years in prison. She served 15 years of that sentence and was paroled. And then she spent five years on parole. Clara Harris's parole ended on February 10th, 2023, and she's now a free woman. But because she was convicted of a felony, she can't practice dentistry anymore. And I tried to find what she was doing, but I couldn't find any reports on what she was actually doing now, except that she has been reunited with her twin sons who are now 19. And that's the story of Clara Harris. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it was a crime of passion? Or do you think she planned it? I'm kind of on the fence. I definitely think that she reacted, but I'm not so sure. I would love to hear from you. Tell me what you think. Um, and I'd also like to hear from you about some other cases you'd like to be covered. You can find me on Instagram at Texas True Crime Pod 
or you can email me at Texas True Crime Podcast at gmail.com. Remember, rate, like, subscribe, and tell a friend. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.